390 millionaires, listeners, fans, team managers. I am pleased to welcome you to week three of the podcast. Please even further to announce that we have not one, but two guests. And let's go to those guests right now, find out how they're doing. Nolan, you're looking spry. How are you this week, sir? Thank you very much, Jay. Appreciate the intro. Uh, doing awesome. You know, glad to be back on the podcast. I feel it's uh, well overdue, you know, to make it to week four feels a little insulting, but I'm happy to be here. So pleased to hear that. As you mentioned, I am Jay filling in on hosting duties for our uh, fallen, um, sick, not dead comrade in Pat Hallwell. Uh, the other host that joins me, uh, always splendid to have him with me at my side, Mr. Mike Pelche. How are you doing at the uh, end of week three as we head into week four? Oh, I'm doing very, very well in terms of 390 and fantasy life. So I'm living the high life, the Miller high life, some might say, and uh, things are just good. We're just cruising along, felt just as good as I did leaving Andre's cottage on that fateful Sunday afternoon with my team in hand, and uh, I'm ready to roll to a fourth championship. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about your team a lot, as it looks like you've put in here in the notes throughout this uh, this podcast episode. I myself, thank you for asking, I'm doing great as well. Uh, uh, pulled out a squeaker, uh, as we may discuss with Nolan. Um, he and I were together on this one, both of us feeling bad for the person who may potentially lose, but pleased to see that now that it's over, it is him who has lost, and I don't feel bad at all. Of note, before we get on any other news about the uh, of the podcast, the, the league this year, we also, interestingly, have a second guest. Um, uh, Stephen Girdler is here, uh, and he's here to tell us how he's doing. I'm an off, you know, my first victory of the season. I'm, I'm doing great, you know. Almost didn't make it tonight. You know, Mike and punctuality almost caught my bedtime over here, but decided to push it a little bit to... Uh, my nine-year-old self and i'm just grateful to be here on a winning sunday it is so wonderful to know that you're pushing through a lot of difficult things including your own bedtime to be here with us we appreciate it uh nolan gertler we're uh, excited for your thoughts on on everything that's coming up so let's get right into it mike why don't you lead us through the league news let's talk about what happened last week and what we can take away from it going into this week well right off the top you know, 138th week in a row, I think, as a statistician said last week. Six teams win, six teams lost. Unreal. Craziness. What got broken last week, though, was the top six teams didn't win. The first two weeks, the top six scoring teams in our league won. This week, that was not true. I think that was highlighted by your matchup, Nolan and uh, Jay. Not sure who won, but tight one there one of you maybe didn't deserve to lose i think um someone else in the league andre who did andre play 
just terrible point totals. It was like 80 to 70. I don't even, you know, I can't even remember it. It's so far in the rearview mirror. Um, so, fuck boy. That's the next one. I should just read into the notes. It will lead me right to what just I'm trying to say. Just follow that. Stop trying to mad lib, right? Um, fuck boy got lucky. Second lowest score of the week. And uh, statisticians also say that ranks in the 99.999383 percentile of luckiest wins in 390 history. Other news of the week. Sorry, Jay, you looked like you were going to add into that. I was just going to say, I think we should go to Nolan. Nolan, in a league where the uh, sixth best score um, for two (laughs) weeks previous still got a win every single time, how does it feel to have the second best score and a loss in this most recent week? Just take us through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to just reflect back on mm-hmm. the pain and misery mm-hmm. that I felt since my loss. Uh, it's, I would say, the worst feeling that mm-hmm. I've ever felt in my life. Yeah, no, I completely agree, completely understand. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me. And thank you for sharing your pain in this safe space uh, with us and all of our listeners. Uh, Mike, what else did, uh, happened last week? I think the other thing we all woke up and weren't surprised at, but we're very happy about on Tuesday morning was that yours truly, Mike Peltz, is now leading the league in first place um, in record and points scored. So I'm feeling fantastic about that. I wanted Hallwell to be here because I did want to ask him the question where he ranked me um, in those preseason rankings and power rankings after my draft. Oh, you drafted too many Atlanta Falcons. Well, look who's laughing now, Mr. Tradeaway, half my team for peanuts. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself, but... I'm on top. Howell's not. Gertie got a win. Things are things are crazy in 390. Uh, Gertie, I'd like to turn to you with a question. Let's say at the beginning of this season, after the draft, someone ranked Pelt's team dead last. What what kind of a dummy would they be, in your own words? Um, I, I assume they'd be the dummy that just got uh, blasted by my team. Um, and... What kind of dummy is that? Uh, the same dummy who, you know, lost the league last year and, mm. and didn't win. Um, and, and to be fair, that was 11 other people as well. But this one in particular, it kind of hurt the most. So that's an amazing uh, observation. Uh, a follow-up question. The team that you blasted as smithereens last week, how worried should they be um, about having to make a calendar at the end of the year? Well, if I were them, you know, I'd get ready kind of stepping into cold pools because uh, I got the feeling that's going to be a big part of, of their shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when you start panic selling after week one, it's a pretty telling sign that something might be awry. Um, when you trade away your best asset in Dak Prescott for um, the person who's been shipped off the Indianapolis Colts, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles, in Carson Wentz um, with the team that just came up with a name after years in the league with the commanders, we love the concerned about that as well. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say about that. No, I think you've covered it. I mean, for me, um, honestly, whoever may have to be a calendar, um, obviously uh, the new uh, little mermaid um, with a play by a black actress is pretty popular. And so I've got some suggestions um, on, on how people could dress up for that calendar. A, a lot of people, um, they need to be a little bit more concerned um, and make better trades. That's for sure. 
speaking of, let's talk about trades. Let's talk about waiver wire in our favorite segment, uh, the Wendy's waiver wire and Tim Hortons trade center. Uh, thank you to, uh, yum brands for sponsoring this segment. Pelt, do you want to lead us off with the, uh, the big trade, uh, as Gertie already kind of, uh, alluded to, uh, that happened recently in 390. Mm-hmm. So the big trade here, Holly moves once and sorry, Wally receives once and MG three, does this start the uh, Wentz cycle once again? I'm pretty excited to see if that happens again this year. Mm-hmm. Going to the other Hallwell, don't want to be throwing the C word out there, but, you know, they're brothers, and we talked about that. What could be happening there? I hear they talk a lot, so, you know, shady shit. Dak and Hunt going to the other Hallwell. Um, and if you say those two names together, I don't know what you get, but try it. No, um, I do want to say as the commissioner of the league, I'm just going to jump in here. Obviously, there was some concern about brothers making a deal of this nature um, in, in speaking with a lot of individuals, uh, close relations and family members and otherwise, uh, though we do understand that they were maybe a little too close uh, in their younger years. Uh, the rivalry has always uh, also maintained between them, uh, and that put to rest the league's concerns about any untoward behavior. Uh, this is a fair trade, uh, both uh, uh, brother rivals and, and, and brother friends. Um, so uh, they're in the clear. Um, as you mentioned, Pelt, the one thing I want to talk about with this trade is I'm I'm very excited. This this begins um, uh, the Wentz roundabout um, that happened that began last year and, and served uh, many different teams fairly admirably uh, until he was dished off on the next team. I hope it continues as well. Very excited about it. Um, uh, Nolan, let's turn it over to you. You're looking in on this trade in the league. Um, does it mean anything to you? Is this just two bottom feeders trying to struggle, uh, keep their heads above water, or or do you see something uh, really pulling ahead for either one of these teams? Well, you know, I, I do initially give the edge to Mike, but you have to remember that Carson Wentz is a QB one. We proved it last year. He should be traded as a QB one. He should be valued as a QB one, you know, and, and Pat knows what he wants and he, he wants Carson Wentz. He thinks that, you know, Carson Wentz and an old ass Melvin Gordon is his way to win the league. And I completely respect that decision. I think it was an awesome trade for him. Absolutely. I, I love where your head's are. Uh, Gertie, any response? No, I mean, I, I kind of agreed at the beginning too, was, you know, what collusion might this be that someone would make this trade? And then I looked at the previous week at the trade he made with Neville and I said, it's not a collusion. It's just a pattern of terrible trades. Mm. Um, and when you look at the, the stats, as, as we know, Jimmy will, will definitely be coming forth with, with some good data over here. It just removed all, all fears from my end that there could be something amiss. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the greatest predictor of future behavior is past behavior, and um, we'll see a lot more of these interesting trades um, from Free Hernandez if uh, if that holds true. Let's jump in, gentlemen, to the waiver wire. I'm going to rattle off some of the uh, the dollars and values that players went for. You let me know if you key in on anything interesting. Green Bay, interestingly enough, had five offers in on them. Uh, the winning one for $3 going to Herb 
curb your enthusiasm, Mr. Mike Pelt. Defenses uh, highly uh, anticipated. Uh, the New York Giants uh, for one dollar, uh, though there was another bid for a dollar as well. Um, going yourself, Gertie. Zay Jones seven bucks to uh, free Hernandez. Uh, uh, Pat Hallwell there. Robert Woods, Tennessee, an interesting one. Zero dollars spent, but uh, Andre continually playing the waiver wire as we asked him so consistently to do. Uh, he's really following up there, which is exciting. Probably the biggest one that I'm going to key in on, but I'll let anyone else speak to Mac Hollins, uh, wide receiver, got like something like 15 or 100 targets last week. Um, Ten dollars uh, off to um, Mike Hallwell, Flack and Cheese. Flack and Cheese made a couple of other moves, uh, picked up Minnesota defense, uh, got rid of Robert Tunyon, picked up Ty Conklin. Um, so a bunch of moves on the waiver wire. Anything interesting there? Gertie, let's start with you. Any of those uh, interest you, or is this just a, a bunch of fluff you don't need to worry about? I mean, I, I was in on the Green Bay defense as well. It, it was one that I, you know, candidly, I was a little bit nervous last week in my matchup with Hallwell. Not not overly nervous because it's it's Hallwell's team, but nervous enough when uh, your opposing defense puts up 20 points. And so uh, we are seeing, you know, defensive points become a huge premium in the league right now. And so when I saw Green Bay DE, I, I had hoped my $1 offer would win. But, you know, I don't make uh, the big bucks like Mike Peltier does going to Tim Hortons every morning. So uh, I guess, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, the other ones, yeah, whatever, a little fluff. I think we're early in the season. We haven't seen, we haven't seen that big waiver wire push yet. I mean, I think the thing that surprises me is we didn't see a ton of money go to Cooper Rush or, or any of the backups villains this year which which is which is different for the league yeah yeah i would agree i think usually people overreact i picked up hoyer as a free agent today i was getting rid of the cleveland browns defense i was like oh let's pick him up throw him on the bench usually those guys go for i would say at least 10 starters are going to play a few weeks this league so it's interesting to see that happen and to chime in on the green bay win great victory by myself i think if anything it's a big psychological victory Right? I outthought these guys. Everyone's bidding in $1, $2. I said, no, they're going to all put in two. think they're going to beat the one. Well, I'm a step ahead. Now I've upped it to three. So let's see what the next defense goes for. Maybe defense stock is on the rise. Maybe Neville was right last year. He traded for the Buffalo defense and gave up Trevor Lawrence. We all criticized him for it. I think you summed up your move and your belief that you somehow outsmarted the rest of the league when you said maybe Neville was right. That's so I think you need to sit on that for a little while uh, and consider that. Nolan, anything interesting happening here for you? Uh, well, it is funny to point out the amount that people spent because Matt Collins not only went for $10, but went for $7 mm-hmm. over the next bid, mm-hmm. just showing the amount of panic with Mike and his team right now. No, I would say that's more an indication of undervaluing slash to touch on Matt Collins. Actually, I, I didn't know how to value him. And I still don't. Um, Nolan, I'm in another league with you where he went untouched, and I scooped him up today. I had $5 in on him yesterday, and I was like, I don't believe in him. Then I saw no one touch him. I was like, okay, I'm going to pick him up. Like, I'm just, Renfro didn't play last week. I still think it's a little bit more of a hype train that's not really going to go anywhere. But but we'll see. This is a, this is a Sammy Watkins game. This yeah. is a, a week one, blow it up and and never hear from you again. If 
I, I, I think we will, we're sooner to never really bother hearing about Mac Hollins before we hear about a big game ever again. Um, so uh, we'll see if uh, uh, Mike knows more than we do, uh, but I cannot imagine that that is true. Gentlemen, let's keep it going. Let's whisk off into our next segment. This is a question for everybody here. Um, this is the rumor mill presented by Carl's Jr. Pelt, why don't we start with you? Uh, anything in the wind? Anything you're hearing out there, uh, trade-wise or otherwise, from the league? Yeah, I do have a couple things to bring to light. Um, one being I received a trade offer today, and I did get clearance from him to talk about it on the podcast here tonight. Um, I rejected it in about three seconds flat. It was uh, DJ Moore for Drake London. I looked mm-hmm. at those two players and was really confused and didn't understand why he thought I would go for that. Putting my Falcons bias aside, or if you were taking my Falcons bias into account, why would I trade Drake London right now for someone who's on a worse offense, worse quarterback play? I didn't get it. I was very confused. Um, so, you know, DJ Moore may continue to have a good season. I don't know, but that was a really shit offer um and that was one that came my way do better neville <laughs> i we didn't i didn't name names DJ but Moore. you know you can put the dots together um and yeah. I, I did ha- i do have some stuff um just from the sources in the league i can i can share but I'll, I'll throw it over to our guests first before we hear from those sources nolan are you hearing anything in the woodwork uh, you know, it's been pretty quiet. I've uh, I've got my own uh, own trade situation going on. Uh, I lost Trey Lance tragically, mm-hmm. and now I'm starting Mitch Trubisky. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if anyone has some quarterbacks, hit me up. I got Brian Hoyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, I mean, not to put salt in the wound, I do have uh, Jimmy. Mm. Garoppolo on my squad, but yeah, he looked uh, he looked really good. Yeah, the way he <laughs> stepped out of bounds on that line, no oh. other quarterback could do that. <laughs> no one else mm. could do that. Haven't seen that since Yarlovsky um, days. Freedom <laughs> is what he said when that happened. But yeah, I mean, I I, I can say I, I've been involved in some talks. There, there's been a lot of interest around the league and in, in a few players. Uh, I'm going to just call out to everyone on the podcast that keeps trying to have me sell low on Jamar Chase after a bad game. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> cough, cough, someone on the podcast, cough. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to sell low on Jamar Chase to, to everyone out there who keeps offering me very low trades on him. And um, yeah, I mean, I, it's open season. I'm, I'm, I'm open to making some trades, you know, as me and Mike have a bet going on, but I believe I have three wide receiver ones on my team. And there's a lot of folks that don't even have one of those. So if you want, I just want one, to jump in here. I want to be yeah. clear. I tried to get you to sell low on Jamar Chase before he had the bad games. Yeah, Jay. I mean, it's not all about you. You know, there's other people on this podcast that might have tried to buy low on Jamar Chase. Well, I know that wasn't me. We talked about another player. Um, so mm. Nolan, I guess. Uh, stop trying to buy low on Jamal Ch- Jamal Chase. Jamar Chase, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, we're gonna need to move on because uh, yeah. one of the podcast hosts just shows that he he doesn't even know what's going on anymore. Exactly. Uh, he's trying to buy low on uh, Jamal and, uh, Chase. Jamal Chase. That's that's why I keep getting poor offers. <laughs> right. That guy's not even available, bro. Yeah. His, his yeah. damn twin. 
Um, um, but yeah, Jimmy G got some. I think there's some there's some convo going on behind the <laughs> scenes from what I'm hearing through the grapevine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, curious what else is out there. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Sorry, Jay, unless you've got something you'd like to. No. Okay. All right. Here's here's some quick tidbits from around the league. So. Sources say, finally free from his leadership burdens, the league has seen a happier, renewed, and more active Andre. He's shown interest in upgrading his wide receivers to improve some shocking lack of depth. Despite this activity and interest, few people can report fruitful negotiations, citing Andre's firm belief in the high value of all his players. Value clearly indicated by Andre's record. Wow. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot happening there. Um, It's not over. Sources also say the Swedish fish slash English cucumber slash Turkish delight slash Danish Danish is sitting on solid depth and not concerned about trading. Thankfully, because Danish moved across time zones, he now ignores people two hours faster than he used to. So I feel like I'm at an open mic comedy night right now. And last, oh, yeah, the, yeah, these are good. Last but not least, sources say Hallwell has made several trades this season and many people can confirm he's not done. Be sure to give Hallwell time to respond as he has a new job working in exterior design on a large ocean liner in the North Atlantic. This new job may be news to most, but several people have reported seeing him rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. That was a, that was a reach on the last one, but again, strong sources. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the rumor mill. Gentlemen, let's move on to a new segment. Um, this one, Pelt, I'm going to hand it over to you. This is your baby. Uh, let's get into it. A lot of being handed over to me. When Hallwell's not on the show, it's just like the, the Mike and Jay show, I guess. Eh? I guess that's what happens. What are you um, going to do? I wish the guests would carry this a little bit more, but they didn't come prepared. <laughs> so just some quick tidbits of info for you guys. We're calling this segment History, Mystery, and Misery. Presented by and from Jimmy's Dungeon. Um, We thought it would be cool, or Jimmy thought it would be cool, to dig back a little bit into league history and throw a couple facts at you guys um, that maybe you don't know about, maybe it was before your time, or maybe you're entrenched in the league history. I don't know. But Danish almost scored the highest score ever in 390 Millionaires last week in Week 2 with 177. And the league record should you know, is actually held by none other than Finky is Einhorn, a.k.a. He shall, who shall not be named. So you can figure that one out. Who scored 184 points week 9 of the 2013 season, 10 years ago. And he did it with a player on a bye and a kicker. So crazy wild stuff, bit of history for you. Before it was even a 2QB league, which is surprising to me, that that record is not held in the 2QB era. Some yeah. notable players on his team, Tony Romo scored 20 points that week. Andre Johnson dropped 40. This was before he we went to the decimal system. T.Y. Hilton scored 30, and Chris Johnson scored 29. He had Pierre Garçon on a bye and still threw up 184 with one quarterback. Just insanity. So crazy. It's it's crazy to look at this and see that, that the Andre Johnson 40-point game came in a loss, and his team only had 24 points. So his team <laughs> had three TDs max. So he got that many points. He got 40 points, whatever the point scoring system was, on, on three TDs max. I didn't look to see whether he got all three mm-hmm. TDs. I assume he did. It's just crazy. Just, just wild, wild stuff. And then the other little factoid Jimmy's drummed up this week, 
The largest ever margin of victory in our league came in week seven of the 2012 season with the Beanie Babies, a.k.a. Chris, you may remember him, defeating our very own Danish Danish by a whopping 110 points, 178 to 68. Um, so, featuring on that team, you know, we can take a quick run down the list here. Drew Brees, Victor Cruz, Vincent Jackson. Both of these guys had players on buys. What happened in fantasy football in 2012 and 2013? Were people just playing people on buys all the time? Like, Chris dropped 178 with a player on buy as well. I, I don't understand. Different era, I guess. Yeah, something weird going on there. Because I see the buy player uh, had 13 points count. So hard to say. The most insane thing is, perhaps, the 178 oh. to 68 both players or both teams original projection was 95 so the original projection for the team wasn't out of balance at all it was tied and that's how the scores ended up just uh just shows you how wild fantasy football can get so that's it that's that's the new segment on the show history mystery and misery very exciting. We're very glad that it was presented by Jimmy's Dungeon. Excited to hear more about the history of this league. As you know, the new commissioner, the new office, very excited, very uh, um, focused on the uh, the wealth of history that this league has. But enough of looking behind us. Let's look forward. It's time to look at week four. What are the weekly pred predictions? Pelt, you got something to say? So I was just going to say, we're, we're doing quite well on time, and I feel like we haven't opened up the floor enough. Um, so maybe before we jump into the predictions, which is the second last segment of the show, I want to open up to our guests, you know, maybe we should give the floor to a little bit here to speak what's on their minds. Nolan looks like he's got a lot to say. Gertie is not on camera, so I don't know what he looks like right now. Um, but I'd love to give them an opportunity. We don't rarely give this to guests on this show to maybe you want to just, yeah, I was going to say, you just want to give them carte blanche to like say things. <laughs> it's crazy. I know we're, we're going ad lib on the air here. Yeah, well, welcome to my podcast, everyone. Uh, <laughs> quick change of ownership here. What we're going to talk about is the huge discrepancy between early RBs and early wide receivers in the season. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I saw, just popped up with an injury. He's got a hurt toe. I don't know if that's turf toe, something else. Uh, and then CMC, I see he's still got some lingering issues as well. So he got RB1 and RB2 in most leagues off the board both facing issues and both not looking very well. So come next year, do you guys think that the strategy will change in our league? I mean, as a guy who owns wide receiver one and wide receiver two, I, I certainly hope not. Um, Cause that would be a shame if people leave those juicy, juicy wide receivers to myself. But I think we've seen a long time that people overvalue the, the running back position and the running back position in general is typically a waiver wire pick. You know, you got a Jeff Wilson Jr. coming off, or you got a player who's injured. Mike Mike Peltz is just shaking his head over there. Curdy, you're one and two. Your running backs are Akers <laughs> yeah. and Stevenson. Yeah, and and what did I? Can can you just confirm for me what did I start off with last year? Um, if you don't remember, it was zero and three, and then what happened that time? Great. The, don't just, live in the past, man. You got to live in the now. No, 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 no. I I, I forgot. Tell me. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember the past. As Jay said, we want to look forward as a league. We we want to have the history back there tucked away, but we need to move forward as a league. Correct. So moving forward, I think people should start to revisit their strategies. Um, you know, just you know, case in point, Joe Burrow picks. 
you know, someone picked him very early this year after, you know, took my sloppy seconds. And so I think it's just looking forward, you know, stop trying to steal everyone else's strategy, folks. Just, just, just come up with your own ideas. I apologize to everyone for that question. I didn't realize I was just teeing up dirty. See, Nolan, podcasting, it's not so easy, isn't it? <laughs> this fucking sucks. I will, I will give you my actual opinion on that, though. I did take a bit of a different strategy in another league I asked to join last minute. And I said, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. I was seventh overall. So I took a bit of a different flavor. And I hate my team. Um, I was actually talking to Jay about a trade I was thinking about today to trade Justin Jefferson. It just The team did not pan out the way... I liked it. So to that question, I don't think, no, I'm going to go to like a draft a wide receiver in the first round strategy or a Gertie strategy. Um, I don't see it as being fruitful, even given, you know, what we're seeing with those running backs right now. Yeah. I think I'll just jump in and say, uh, when I think about what Gertie is saying here, what I hear him asking is, will the people of this league ever learn? And I'm with you, Paul. No, they absolutely will not. Uh, same year in, year out. Uh, and that's what we love about most of them. So uh, continue uh, the strategies that are working for you um, and, uh, and and reap the benefits. And yeah, you know, just um, one point on data, as we know we love data. Uh, if you actually look statistically, the sixth overall pick has always been the most highest performing pick in fantasy football. That's actually a true data point. I don't think that's true. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I'm taking data on um, school right now, so... I didn't hear that. I, there's such a wide variety of of scoring in across different leagues, super flex and mm-hmm. kickers, and so it feels like. That I mean, if you're taking a kicker sixth overall, I'd be, I'd be a little bit concerned for that individual <laughs> league. Just Tucker with but, like a word. So, so typically sixth overall is kind of like your RB six in most leagues, and they say that those on average perform higher than your top RBs. So in this case, let's say Nick Chubb is your sixth overall pick this year, probably outperforming someone like a Jonathan Taylor, CMC, et cetera. So I read that data point and thought it was interesting. I'll, I'll bring up one point that I've noticed about the league this year because, you know, you hand it over to the guests. And you know, as a former podcast host, I feel like I have a natural talent here. The league has been very quiet this year as Nolan mouths with his hand. But, you know, Mike and I have been talking about this a little bit. Andre is there, but doesn't really say much. But I find that the that the chat's been a little quieter this year compared to most leagues. And I don't know if it's that we've all become older and that makes me sad. Or what what do you think that is? I think the commission should address that is the new commission. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, um, I think I think things are tense. If I'm honest, I think it's been a weird year for football. I think it's been a strange fantasy year. We've seen some weird upsets. We saw Justin Jefferson just now get like 1.8 points or something. I think there's a tension going on right now. I think uh, some of our more vocal players uh, might not be doing as well as they would like to. And so it's not all fun in games. Um Listen, I think uh, there's no need at this time to to pressure anything, uh, which is not to say, of course, Gertie, that you're wrong. I think that you've made a, an observant observation, um, but it's just a, it's the ebb and flow, babe. It's uh, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get a little vocal as we get into it, as uh, some separation happens within the divisions, and I'm excited for it. But right now, things are tense. I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like week four is kind of like the real start to the fantasy weeks. The first four weeks, you're just trying to suss out like, 
what players did I hit on? What players did I miss on? Like, am I in trouble? Do I need to trade? Once week four comes, then you start realizing like, do I have a shot or do I need to blow up my team and, you know, go the way of Hallwell? That's fair. Um, the one thing I will add though, there's been one person very much more active than in previous years. And I don't know why that is. Um, but that's Mike Hallwell. We like literally never hear from him until like playoff time. And then maybe in the off season, he's been like chiming in once or twice here and there. So I've been a little bit surprised about that. Um, so maybe we're going for quality over quantity, but I wouldn't suggest that's quality either. So, um, yeah, that's the only tidbit I have on the quiet piece. So you're talking about the opposite of Neville's trade offers. <laughs> Cause he has quantity over quality. Correct. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want to name him, but I asked the person if I could talk about the trade on the, the air. And he was like, Oh, in dynasty. And I said, no, you didn't offer me one in dynasty. Clearly you're doing uh, one or two offers out there. So, um, Definitely hear that about Neville. And I know where he gets all his secrets because he talks about all the players that I hear on a certain podcast. He, like, follows them to a T. Fantasy pros. Got those <laughs> notifications on Twitter going. Um, and, I, I mean, hopefully that also kind of amounts the, to the betting as well. I mean, Pelts, I think you and I are the only people that, that made a bet so far this year. And True. Hopefully we see more of those. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the bets. I love... You know, seeing Nolan drink a beer and jump into a, a freezing cold lake and eat an onion and just all the things <laughs> that Nolan loses. Like, I, I, I think we love to see bets and then hopefully we see more of this. Yeah, well, uh, I play fantasy to fucking hate myself. So uh, <laughs> things are going pretty well on my end. Sounds about right. I, although oh, Jay and I did yeah. execute a bet last week on air, which Jay has delivered and I have to go pick up, but my beers are ready. So that bet did get executed and I won. Yeah. Although Danish may be doing great in our league, he still is letting me down at every turn. All right. It's time to, we gave them the floor. They made ruckus. And now let's get into weekly predictions of the upcoming week uh to revisit uh, things are close a holly who's not here for this he's uh at 500 at nine and nine on the predictions pelt uh also nine and nine all of us doing great comebacks uh for for week three mm-hmm. to kind of get back on the board myself uh in that classic 7-eleven position 7 and 11 go get that slurpee me so let's talk about the first one Andre versus Danish. Pelt, you've got Danish. I've got Danish. Tell me why you think he wins this week. Yeah, and shout out to, uh, you mentioned our sponsor the first time you introduced the segment, um, Mary Brown's Chicken, the Big Mary, Big Mary's Weekly Predictions. So uh, get your Big Mary if you haven't and uh, spice it up, Mm -hmm. live a little bit. Um, So Swedish Fish versus CD's Nuts, number one. Andre versus Danish, two and one. Danish versus 0-3 Andre. I mean, do we really need to break down why Danish is going to win this game? We talked about how he's had almost the most points ever in this league. And Andre's starting Jacoby Brissett. Um, That pretty much kind of sums everything up. Uh, Let's look at it, though. Andre's got Kyler Murray. Danish has Mahomes and Tua. If Tua plays tomorrow, I think he's got that matchup easy. Even if he doesn't play, he's got the ever-consistent Davis Mills down in Houston. You know, what a great team they have down there. Um... But anyways, he's also got that Buffalo defense going up against Baltimore. 
could be iffy. Defenses don't matter, so we don't care about that. Andrews versus Kittle. I think Andrews takes that easy. I think he's, you know, getting a bigger target share in that offense. Kittle's coming back from that injury. Running backs, look at Danish. He's got Jones, Gibson, and Swift. I think if Swift is healthy, that's an easy win over Connor, Madison, and Robinson in the flex for Andre. Wide receiver-wise, this is where maybe it's a little bit closer. You could argue on either side, but Amari Cooper's been good for Danish. Sutton's looked awesome with Wilson besides that offense sputtering. Mooney's the only one I don't really like for Danish here. Um, but Andre's throwing out Samuel, Evans, and Bateman, who could all have decent weeks. I would suggest maybe have a higher floor. I give the ceiling to Danish, and I give the win to Danish. Yeah, from my end, this one's close, especially if Swift isn't uh, a go, and it sounds like he's pretty close to being in danger of a go. Uh, but there's not a lot inspiring about uh, Rashad Bateman. Curtis Samuel's all right, but uh, very much agree. Jacoby Brissett in your QB2 is nothing to write home about. This one's going to go to Danish. Who do our guests think are going to take that matchup? I, I'm going Andre. Personally, like you guys are slamming on Brissett and I get it. He's boring. He's not fun to watch. But if you look at his scores, like he's getting it done. You know, he scored 16 and a half week two, 17.9 week three. Like I think there's more to Brissett fantasy wise than we're giving him credit for because we're looking at him as a real life QB and mm-hmm. it's, it's awful. Uh, so I like Brissett as the QB two personally. Um, I'm very worried about Swift. I think Mooney is... Mooney, you could drop like to have Mooney in your starting lineup after he's combined for like all of four points or three points this season yeah. seems crazy. So I'm going with Andre, you know, throw it back to the old commissioner. Wow. I will agree with the Mooney point. Like he's almost better off throwing in McKenzie there and taking yeah. a shot at someone who might actually get a touchdown. Gertie, do you have a, th- a thought on that or did you fall asleep? I mean, no, no, I, 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 I half fell asleep, but then you mentioned Darnell Mooney, and I woke back up because uh, I do love exciting players who don't receive the football. But I'd say, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to go with with the Swedish Fish. Um, one, Andre starting Kansas City D against Tampa Bay, which just tells you everything you need to know. And two, you know, typically people name their team after players on their team. And Andre has not had CD Lamb ever on his team, I feel like. And so for him to still be CD's nuts, just, just, I don't mm, give him credit fair. for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just really like CD. All right, let's move into the next one. That's as much as I can take of that. I'm going to go for the Pelt and Nolan face-off. Two people who are on the horn with me right now. Very exciting stuff. Let's take a look at what we're dealing with. I've called this one for Peltsies. Um, mostly because he's undefeated, and I know for a fact that Nolan is not undefeated. Um, But trotting out Trubisky doesn't feel very good. When I look at the wide receivers, if Pittman goes, uh, I could see something happening here, but Pittman has not yet gone. Um, I guess week one... (laughs) where they tied, but watching in the, uh, it gives you no confidence. I'm a Saquon believer. Um, but, uh, the Chicago D is nothing to sneeze at. And then on the other side of the ball, we've got Justin Herbert, um, a big, big fan of his, as you can be, uh, uh so unsurprised by, I think it's the running backs that might clinch it for me. Chubb, Javante, uh, Kyle Pitts is starting to come on. I give the edge here to Mike Peltz to go four and O. 
Um, uh, and that's what I see happening. Uh, and I dare anyone uh, to refute it. Well, being the person who is on the other side, I, I will say I don't really agree with Mike's lineup here. He's got Dotson in, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, are you going to play Dotson or are you going to switch in Alave, Mike? Yeah, just giving you a false sense of security. I did this last week. You know, some superstitions mm-hmm. just got to live on. Um, I woke up Sunday morning and I switched Olave in there and I was just like, bam, great decision. So I can't break a good thing right now. I've got to just stick with it and wake up Sunday morning, slide Olave in there. And I'm glad Jay gave me the win before Olave was even in there. Because quite frankly, it just speaks to how strong my team is. I saw those uh, guaranteed 13 targets on your bench, and I was like, I see what's going on here. And I've still got Judy. I've got like four wide receiver ones across my team. No, 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 no. Wait, yeah, justify that. No, 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 no. I got to hear how Judy's a wide receiver I'm making fun of Gertie. Call back to Gertie earlier in the show, okay? It's always fun when you have to explain a joke, Mike. Oh, I know, I know. It's tough. Tough go. I'm just going to pour some more bourbon while I listen to why I'm going to win more. I, I think we're all done. So that it feels like we covered that. Um, Ryan, Mike, why don't you run us through the Ryan versus Gertie situation? Great. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just pull this up here. Um, obviously, I've got Gertie to win, and that may, that may surprise you based on how I've talked about his team thus far. Um, but I do not like Winston as Ryan's QB2. I think Brady is Brady, but his wide receiver core is struggling a little bit. Um, Gertie's throwing out Lawrence, who could have an iffy day against the Eagles. Um, and Jimmy G, who could, again, have a iffy day against the Rams. So quarterbacks are a bit of a wash for me. I do like Gertie. He's got at least six wide receiver ones. Um, so six of the top 12 in the league. He's got Chase, Higgins, and Cup. And he's got Kirk in that flex. And I think he's even got Ayuk on his bench. So I think that's where he puts up the majority of his points. I don't like Cooks, Brown, and Allen as much. And I don't know. I haven't checked on Allen's status. Is he even back? Um, Running backs obviously go to Ryan here. Mixon, Henry, and Henderson over whatever's happening on Gertie's team with Stevenson and Akers. Um, Having some timeshare running backs there. Great work. Um, But I'm going to give this one to Gertie here. This will probably be one of the tightest matchups in the league this week. Um, two, one and two, one and two teams. We'll see who goes down to one and three might be struggle to get out of that hole, but Gertie, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm giving you the nod this week. Yes. I'm going to have to come on every week. If, if I keep getting projected wins. Well, we know how That's well I've news. done in predictions. So it's literally 50, 50. So, <laughs> Well, that's the same odds I have every other week, so that's good to me. Gertie, um, agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's going to be a very tight matchup. You know, I, I think, um, once again, Trevor Lawrence might have a tough time against that Philly Eagles defense, who's been really tight. Um, you know, in terms of the the running backs, Akers started to get a little bit more carries going into last week, got that touchdown. I know me and Nolan are very aligned and we're, we're behind Cam Akers a thousand percent and want that Achilles to continue to, to keep on trucking. And, and so uh, Akers strong. And so I, I believe Akers is going to continue to come on. Um, you know, Packers have always faltered a bit against the run. They, they held Fournette in check, but um, I, I think Stevenson is a type of running back who's big and strong, who can 
you know, probably get a couple of goal line work there if they can make it to the goal line. Um, and yeah, I have about 14 wide receiver ones. In fact, the next wide receiver I pick up off the waiver wire will also be a wide receiver one. And so I feel like um, a game that Tua might not play in might lead the Bengals to have to score a lot of points because uh, they'll run over whoever their backup is. And I feel pretty strongly. I, I think it'll be tight. I don't know who will take it. Um, but, and I still haven't confirmed if I want to keep Jimmy G in or put Matt Ryan in instead against that Tennessee defense that's proved not so strong. So, yeah, I got some decisions to make still in my lineup. A lot of things up in the air. A lot of things up in the air. What's not up in the air is that Hawley is going up against Neville next week. Let's take a look at how we think that thing is going to break on down right now. Um, both myself and Pelt have that going Neville's way. Why, you may ask? Well, one of those teams is 3-0 and one of them's 0-3. And you just have to look at the teams to understand now. This comes with a massive, massive caveat, because the one thing that we do know is that Carson Wentz is now on Hallwell's team, and we need to take that into consideration. And even if we do, McCaffrey uh, looking like a not practiced now. Word is he's good to go. He's going to be out there. He's going to play. But a quad injury for McCaffrey with a do not practice on Wednesday is something to watch out for. Um, he's got a lot of cues, literal questionables, AJ Dillon, Dawson Knox on, uh, Hallwell's team. He could be in some real trouble. Don't love those wide receivers and DK Metcalf, uh, scary Terry McLaurin and Elijah Moore. All of them could hit, they could all hit, but, uh, they've not been doing it thus far on the other side of the ball. Lamar Jackson is seems to be good for 40 points these days. Um, so that's pencil that in Garrett Wilson is, is uh, had a couple of big games. The one big question mark for me on um, Neville's team is Kamara. He's got two single digit games uh, behind him, And uh, the word is uh, he's never had three single digit fantasy point games in a row in his entire career. So we're looking for him to get back on the truck That'll have a lot to do with whether uh, Winston plays or not. It sounds like he's going to, um, but uh, it, it also might not have any impact at all. This one goes to Neville. Maybe it's a little bit of a closer matchup than we think, um, but I think the uh, records for both these teams hold true. I see that Camara is listed as questionable. Do we know what's going on with him, or is that just like a status that they put on Camara as a default I think probably it's probably just as a default. I think he he missed game two, right? So yeah, I think that's yeah right. He's got the ribs, right? The uh, same as Herbert, the like fractured cartilage, was it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, gross. Really that's icky. Awful. I heard one thing on Hallwell's team that stuck out to me last week as well as this week. Damian Harris, I'm assuming, was a big part of that deal. And he's yet to play him as in poised to not play him again. I'm a little confused mm. by that, especially when I look at an Edmonds, for example. I think I'm trusting, you know, regardless of the fact that Edmonds got in the end zone twice last week, he has not looked great um, with Miami. I almost, like, I trust Harris more. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, A, why he made that trade if he's not going to play him. 
Yeah, you look at just the attempts. Obviously, Edmonds is going to be a little bit more involved in the uh, the passing game, but from the attempts perspective, Edmonds at like five attempts for the mm-hmm. last two weeks. Harris at at least ten. Uh, so I absolutely hear you. Uh, it'd be interesting. He could have uh, Michael Gallup in the lineup as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where that might fit for his uh, receivers. But that's somebody I know that he favors, who looks like he could be playing. Although, of course, he'd be catching passes from Cooper Rush. Yeah, you can't play Gallup first week back. Not with Cooper anyways. Crazier things have happened, but you never know. Gertie, any thoughts on this matchup? I think he fell asleep. No. Uh, I I mean, there's not much to say here. Like, his number one receiver, Terry McLaurin, is going to be shadowed by Trayvon Diggs the entire time. So, mm-hmm. likely, he'll get shut down a little bit there. Um, I mean... Yeah, we covered it. There's not much there. I, I, I mean, to me, this is the game of Alvin Kamara revenge. Mm. Like, will Kamara finally break out of that double digits and punish Hallwell for trading him away for pennies on the dollar? Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. what we're that's what we're excited to see. We're think- excited to see. All right, Nolan, we're going to send it to you, Mike versus Curtis. Give us your breakdown of this exciting game, Flacaroni Cheese versus Fuckboy. So as much as I'd like to give the win to Curtis here because he set a full lineup and Mike has not put in a tight end. If you look back at the history, I know this, this podcast is really big about history now. Uh, Mike has actually outscored Curtis in every single one of the weeks so far. Uh, I dissed Mike's team at the start of the year, but I'm not going to lie. The wide receiver heavy strategy looks promising this year. Mike's been doing it. I think he's going to continue doing it. And Curtis will continue being fuckboy. Great. Good take. I mean, you guys there know my you guys know my rule. If you can't set a complete lineup, you're getting the automatic L. So uh-huh. that's that's where I stand on this matchup. Yeah, interestingly, I'm very similar. Although he's got Ty Conklin just sitting there on the bench, it's not in his game spot. And so when I looked at this, I said, that's a loss. That's There's no way. Now, the one thing that's happened in this particular podcast is that we've seen two of the top scoring teams of all time have players on bye weeks or or not involved in the game. And so I'm wondering, is this like a weird, like reverse, reverse thing Ooh. or something? Um, it's hard to know, but all the same, uh, I'm going with Curtis on this. Yeah. All right. Lastly, Gertie, break down for me, my commissioner versus three toes and an ass cheek. Suds versus myself. Where do you see this one going? Yeah, this is this is going to be a tight one. I think um, you know when you look at the quarterback matchups, you got Stafford against that San Francisco D and and Burrow against that Miami D. Burrow's just getting getting eaten alive, getting beaten every single week, despite you know the O line saying they'll never be touched. So that's a, that's a wash right there. Uh, you look at the wide receivers. I mean, Tyreek Hill has been on fire lately. Uh, Debo has not been so much on fire but i think uh, as he gets more comfortable in the offense and wants to justify that big extension i think he starts to get going a little bit um love the mike williams play this week especially if keenan doesn't play and when you look at the running backs i mean eckler against houston could go big 
but I think they've been really limiting his touches and trying to keep him healthy this year as they believe they're a real playoff team, which hurts in fantasy. A great friendly Chargers fan out there if they have a couple fans. Um, Najee Harris, always strong against the New York football Jets, uh, which is not actually the thing. They are the Jets. And James Robinson, I think he... I think he starts slowly giving up more touches to Travis Etienne. I think we're seeing Etienne get a little bit more involved in the passing game, uh, which Jay also owns. Um, to me, the big red flag here is, is Taysom Hill. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, he could be. He could be the clincher right there if he if he gets some snaps at quarterback with, you know, Jamie's potentially injured. That could be a really big swing option there. But I can take my commissioner here. I think that. Um, Aaron Donald is going to feast against Jimmy G after Jimmy G throws a ton of points, obviously. Um, I think that Damian Pierce really came on last week and they're going to rely on him to protect Davis Mills. And I, I really believe that, you know, Josh Palmer is the real deal. You know, good boy, good Canadian boy from Brampton, I believe. And we love our, our good Canadian boys in the NFL because we only have about three of them. Mm-hmm. Nolan Pelt, any additional thoughts there? Well, you know, I got to say, Suds' team is, you know, he's got a lot of players that kind of need to redeem themselves a little bit. Uh, Joe Burrow, it just hasn't looked good. Like he's putting up fantasy points, but it hasn't looked good for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Tyree Kill coming off a pretty low week. Uh, and then Eckler has been overall kind of disappointing this season. So, you know, immediately I give the edge to my commissioner, but three toes and an asshole, ass cheek, butt cheek, ass cheek, three toes and an ass cheek. Uh, I think they have some sneaky upside this week. So I'm going to go with my gut, say suds. Exciting stuff. All right. That's, that's the, the breakdown. Thank you both for your insights. Uh, very much beneficial uh, and far better than our normal host. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Pelt, let's go. What's what's our time like? Do we want to get into uh, some of our pigeon carrier, or uh, are we pushing that to next week? I think we can do it. We've we've pushed it off already, so I think you know the questions are just going to keep piling up if we don't address at least a few of them. Absolutely. All right, let's get into pigeon carrier. Brought to you by Harvey's new Dijon pigeon slider. You're gonna mm. love it. Mm. Both our guests, Nolan, you first, Gertie, you follow up. What do you think about the idea of the league rebranding? 390 Millionaires, some people have suggested that it's a name that, you know, references something that doesn't exist anymore. So uh, new name, new branding. Um, What are your thoughts? Does it matter? Do you want to see it? Do you have names in mind? Uh, Or do you not give a shit at all? And 390 Millionaires is what it's been. So let's keep it that way. You know, that's, it's pretty interesting because I actually have no clue where the 390 millionaires came from. Do we have uh, some history stats on that? Like, what is this name all about? Uh, Pelt, I'll turn it to you. I have a, a, a story told to somebody, told to me, uh, so I have a knowledge, <laughs> but you may be slightly more familiar. You know, not, I've got the base knowledge. I don't know if it's in depth as a story that someone told you that told someone else that told someone's dog walker. Um, mm-hmm. A group of fellas here in Ottawa lived in a house together at 390, I believe it was Chapel Street. Um, This is the house they occupied when the league was formed. Um, They thought they were all big shots, wanted to be millionaires one day. Hence, they birthed 
390 Millionaires, the Fantasy Football League. I was not an OG member of this league. I just took it by storm for about the last 10 years. Um, but that is the origin that I understand. That coincides right. heavily with the story I was told. It's an exciting piece of history. Uh, I'm going to vote to keep it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm a man of traditions. Absolutely. Gertie, your thoughts here? I, I could not disagree more. Um, I, I mean, the idea of, of these gentlemen concocting that they would be millionaires already off the bat just gives me vibes that this league was built on lies and slander. And I think as we've kind of dismissed one of these commissioners and, and brought in a new, a new age, I think we should kind of brand the league with it. Uh, the league is different now. It's more sophisticated. Um, we have a commissioner who's more forward thinking. Um, and so I feel like the league should embrace that. Strong, Great thoughts. Strong Pelt, thoughts. Pelt, you want to follow this up? You know, I will say I'm indifferent. If I was one of those people who were one of the OG stakeholders, and I'd actually be curious to run the numbers on that, who would be the OG? Andre, Suds, Hallwell, Neville? Would those be the only four? I'm guessing at this point? As far as I know. Yeah. So... You know, I, I would be on either side. Gertie obviously feels strongly about it. I respect that Nolan loves a good history lesson and wants to stick to that. Um, I would be in the middle. Um, but, you know, I would leave it in your hands, Jay. You are the faithful commissioner. I know you would put it to a vote. If we could have a vote about the vote first, though, that would probably be important. Um, that should just be the standard by yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. That would be all I ask. Yeah, I think, um, listen, we all know that the league loves voting. This is an idea that's come to us just through um, the uh, pigeon carrier, so by no means uh, a guarantee to to occur. Um, But uh, for all our listeners out there, including those who have sent in this question or similar, uh, know that the the league's commissioner has seen these questions uh, and and, uh, will take it uh, under advisement, uh, whether to push forward with something of this nature uh, or otherwise. But the league loves its voting, and so you can be rest assured no unilateral decisions will be made on this uh, topic uh, without the input of every single league member um, before moving forward. Um, Pelt, I'm going to send question number one to you. Mm. It's, it's written in such a way as um, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Fair. The question is, and I'm not asking this question, but the author of the question is asking this. Am I now the league's official fuckboy? Will I lose it as soon as I lose a match, or is it up for grabs again the next time I play Curtis? Or will there be a new fuckboy bowl each week? Or will I lose it for asking too many questions and being very unfuckboy? A lot to unpack there. What I think the writer or author is getting at here, and I believe this was Suds, um, he had defeated fuckboy and we had called uh, Curtis the fuckboy champion or something like that on the podcast. So I think he took offense to that because he, in fact, beat the fuckboy and wants the title. I'm going to say that I, I'm really on board with this idea, kind of like the belt. I think we actually talked about this already, um, but we did not initiate it. I would love to keep a fuckboy belt in the league. And um, when Suds loses, which he already has, we'd have a new fuckboy champion. So today, the fuckboy champion is Neville. So Neville is now mm. the fuckboy of the league. That doesn't mean he's changed his name or anything, but it's like the belt in the NFL, right? So I think we do keep that going week to week. Let's add it into like the weekly recap. Neville, you are now the fuckboy of the league. 
Uh-huh. It's like the plot of the movie It Follows, where <laughs> exactly. the only way to get rid of the disease is to fuck someone else. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love it. So then this week, the fuckboy belt will be up for grabs between Hallwell and Neville. P. Hallwell. Very exciting stuff. All right, let's get into the last question here. It's a, it's an exciting one. We're going to need all hands on deck. Please cast the Don't Worry Darling off-camera drama with members of this league. For those unfamiliar, there's a film that uh, came at TIFF. It is directed by Olivia Wilde, who most recently directed Booksmart, a very uh, fun and funny coming-of-age story um, starring a couple of exceptional ladies. The drama is that it seemed like um, Shia LaBeouf, who was initially part of the film, um, kind of uh, was none too pleased with how things were going and was having an issue with the other star, Florence Pugh. And uh, Olivia Wilde said that she kicked him off the film when Shia then produced texts that Olivia Wilde had sent him saying please come back we can figure this out like the movie's nothing without you which started its own drama and then Olivia Wilde who was with Jason Sudeikis who very publicly served her with divorce papers he said he had no uh, decision on when to um, serve the papers Olivia Wilde quickly then seemed to be in a relationship with one Harry Styles who is also starring in the this film that she is directing and so there was assumptions that there may have been some issues there florence Pugh, then when the film debuted in italy um did not um uh, uh hype the film did not go to the various press screeners even though she was in italy suggesting that there may have been some issue between florence Pugh and olivia wilde florence also had a couple of um key um snippets of of things where she may have suggested that Olivia Wilde did not appreciate her performance. And then finally, uh, at a particular press junket, Olivia Wilde sitting next to Harry Styles, Chris Pine, who's also in the film, um, who is sitting next to Olivia Wilde, appeared that Harry Styles may have spat on Chris Pine um, while he was sitting next to Olivia Wilde. uh, And the relationship between Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde may have soured a little bit. Everyone came out and said that Harry did not spit on Chris Pine, but it's hard to know for sure. So, <clears throat> again, we have Shia LaBeouf, who left under mysterious circumstances. Chris Pine, who's just there, possibly getting spat on. Uh, Florence Pugh, who uh, seemed to have some issues with Olivia and then was not hyping the press junkets. Olivia Wilde, who's in the middle of all this mess, may or may not have dumped Jason Sudeikis or been unfaithful to him due to her relationship with Harry Styles. And then finally, Harry Styles, who was also caught a lot of grief online for saying uh, that the movie really felt just like a movie um, during a press junket. Please tell me which of our league members is each of these characters. Let's start off with, I think it'll be easiest to choose uh, one of the members of the Don't Worry Darling uh, cast and then decide which um, uh, 390 member is them. So Shia LaBeouf, uh, a man who looks like he just got out of a trailer park um, and maybe was kicked off the film, maybe wasn't. Hard to say. Who is Shia LaBeouf from our league? got to be mike hallwell for me like he just he kind of seems like that 
doesn't have his shit together kind of guy. And he's just a loose cannon. Like he could pop off at any second. That's interesting. I, I was going to go with Andre as, as our resident style of both. I mean, if anyone's seen the movie Honey Boy uh, or, or any type of film that Shia has been in, I feel like Andre very much, you know, someone who purposefully did not draft a team because he sat in his car the entire time. That feels like a very Shia LaBeouf thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of creating a lot of drama, you know, for example, not putting an IR spot and, and, and complaining about it for an entire season. I just, I see a lot of parallels there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both very strong candidates. Uh, Pelt, any thoughts here? Yeah. Much like uh, Alki Hollywood anonymous. If you're familiar with scotch and sports, I'm just going to take a back seat. Um, Cause I completely lost in all of this at the moment. So um Carry on. It's fine. I think those are both <laughs> excellent answers. I lean Mike Hallwell myself. Um, Andre, though, is, a, is an excellent uh, answer, especially with that backup uh, evidence. Let's move on. Chris Pine is a man who just seems to uh, exist through all this, stay as far as away from the drama as possible, simply is in the film and may or may not have gotten spat on just for sitting down. Who from our league is Chris Pine? Gertie, you want to go ahead? I, I, I mean, I don't have a, like, looks-wise, I'd probably say me, you know, incredibly good-looking, obviously Captain Kirk, uh, and I own Christian Kirk. So I feel like there's a lot of similarities there. But I, I think i got to go with Ryan. I mean, you mm-hmm. don't hear much from Ryan. He's kind of just there. You know, he puts a, a quick emoji on the podcast every week. Outside of that, he'll respond to your trade requests, but doesn't doesn't chat much, and... You know, I feel like year over year, we always think he's got the team to beat and get spat on in the playoffs and, and doesn't win the championship. So Ryan feels good to me. I was going to say the same. I'll jump in. Ryan was my answer here. Ryan feels like a guy who I, I just kind of assume, not in a really a rude way, but he's just rolling his eyes at the rest of us as we talk our little talks. And he's just trying to play football. He's just trying to play fantasy football you know, say yay or nay to some trades and, and we're all squawk box and all of our podcasts and whatnot. So to me, Ryan is, is the guy who's just sitting there wishing we would all get on with it. Um, and like you say, uh, you know, his team to me is the thing that spits on him um, at least once a season. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for me, if I was going to spit on anyone in the league, it's going to be Gertie. So I'll, uh, I'll say that it's Gertie. Makes a lot of sense. There you go. All right, Gertie, uh, you got a couple votes there. Let's move on to Florence Pugh, um, arguably the most attractive of all the individuals uh, involved here. Someone who uh, we're not a hundred percent sure was she wronged, uh, and so and she was right to to then turn around and say, "I'm not going to be involved in promoting the film," or is she being a little prima donna? We don't know. Um, we may never find out. But Florence Pugh, who in the league? Sounds like Florence Pugh from the Don't Worry Darling drama. Hmm. I think Neville. Mm. You know, it's uh, if you go back in history, uh, Neville has been on the wrong side of some dealings. Uh, he's been slighted. And I think that's the case here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, just a quick side note. Devastated about the Florence Pugh, Zach Braff breakup i thought mm. uh zach braff is a, is, is a nice guy he just deserves to, to to have a good life um this one's a tough one for me i can see it being neville but i also see neville being more of a 
Harry Styles in terms of spitting on everyone else from a trade request standpoint. So we'll tackle that bridge when we come to it. Um, I feel like Florence Pugh might be Patrick Hallwell, you know, someone who is always kind of like the, you know, feels like they've been wronged in some which way, you know, their team wrongs them, the trade wrongs them. Um, so I can see Patrick Hallwell being there. It's interesting to bring Howell up because uh, I would slide him uh, in the next spot. Uh, Olivia Wilde, the director, the person who's trying to control everything, who may or may not have been telling the truth about why Shia left, uh, who may or may not have been uh, treating some others uh, poorly with trade requests or otherwise. Um, someone who uh, uh, you know has a lot to answer for, has done some great work in the past, no doubt about it, but uh, some questionable choices being made currently. Um, myself, I see Howell as the Olivia Wilde in this situation uh, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that well Olivia Wilde was in The Girl Next Door and The Girl Next Door was like she wasn't The Girl Next Door but she was in the movie so I'm just going to assume that you know she is the main character and that was like every guy's love interest so I'm going to agree with Hallwell because this year it looks like everybody just wants to fuck Hallwell that's you know i i, I think i kind of lean towards curtis a little bit in this position you know mm-hmm. curtis coming into this coming into this year he was you know on top of your rankings as the best team in the league um he kind of had this you know swag to him a little bit of confidence to him he took on bets that would allow himself to be called a fuck boy because he was so confident he would never lose and you know lo and behold he's sitting there at zero and three um, overvaluing many of his players in trade scenarios. And, one and two. One and two. Uh, one and two. I mean, you know, that, that's just a, a, a poor man's two and one. Um, and so I think um, in this situation, I, I see it being Curtis. There it is. All right, let's move on to our last one, Harry Styles. Harry Styles, who may have uh, some blame forced upon him for ending Jason Sudeikis' relationship with Olivia Wilde. Harry Styles, who uh, uh, came across as a bit of a simpleton when trying to answer what this movie meant to him. And Harry Styles, who may or may not have randomly, uh, it seems, uh, spat on Chris Pine as he was going to his seat at a press junket. Who in the league is Harry Styles. Well, I would love to spit on someone, so uh, I'll I'll be Harry. Oh, you know, as someone who's watched the video, it, it does very much seem like he he spit on Chris Pine. Oh, like I've watched that he spits video many times. <laughs> the way Chris Pine kind of like looks over after the incident, being like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. Um, I, I would tend to agree with Nolan. Uh, Nolan is, is, is Harry Styles. I can see him just kind of running afoul of, of a beautiful marriage and uh, spitting on as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see no, uh, nothing wrong with that reasoning. Um, so uh, I'm not going to argue it. There it is. Uh, gentlemen, that's the end of our segment. That's the end of our podcast this week. Um, sorry, Pelt, that you couldn't be involved at all in that last <laughs> question. Go on the internet sometimes. Uh, Nolan, before we close out, anything you'd like to say to all of our listeners uh, before we wave goodbye? Totally. Yeah. You know, uh, thanks again for having me on. Uh, you know, my favorite thing about the podcast is like, it feels like 
a podcast. It feels like a real, you know, like go to the radio kind of podcast. So uh, love being on. Appreciate it. Uh, so eloquently put, we really appreciate it. Gertie, anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. Um, also kind of, you know, respect the fact that you you double booked Nolan and I in the event that one of us would fall through. So I appreciate, you know, always having a backup plan. And yeah, I'll just say, you know, once again, I'm, I'm open to some trades. I, I am interested despite all the talk and, and do having a, a running back that provides me with a stronger floor week over week. And I've bet 47 wide receiver ones. Um, so if you are interested in the wide receiver market, I'm, I'm open to, to having a talk, but, you know, great to be back on the podcast. Definitely brings back some cherished memories. And we thank you for being on the podcast. Pelt, why don't you lead us out here? Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on guys. You know, Hallwell's not here again. His attendance has been a little poor. Jimmy needs to have a word with him, but appreciate you guys being able to fill in, even though we were late and we're definitely way past Gertie's bedtime here. So appreciate all that. Um, yeah, Nolan, thanks. We aim for a, a radio style. Come on and talk your shit podcast. Okay. No scripts. So appreciate that feedback. And five stars, leave us a review on an Apple podcast. Be much appreciated. Oh, last point. Viewership is way down. 50% this week, boys. Six listens last week. Uh, so I don't know who we need to talk to, but there's been a steady 12 for a long time, and six people are slacking in this league. Let's pick it up, people.